drops the ball. Pigs have flown. Hell is frozen over. The Saints are on their way to the Super Bowl. What is good, Houdat Nation and Houdat family? Welcome into this Wednesday edition of Locked On Saints, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Ross Jackson here at Ross Jackson, N-O-L-A on Twitter, editor over at CanalStreetChronicles.com, and your host covering your New Orleans Saints every single Monday through Friday. On today's episode, the Saints make a key staffing change after the team's most recent success in adding free agents. We'll talk about Terry Fontenot's new promotion and why he deserves it. Then we'll dive into our first Locked on Saints 2020 53-man roster projections. Now that the roster has been cut down to 80, let's see who we think will stick around once the season begins. We'll start off with the offense in the second segment and then hit defense and special teams to wrap up the show. We got all that. And a little bit of land yet for you on today's episode of Locked on Saints, your team every day. The New Orleans Saints add another assistant general manager as former pro scout Terry Fontenot gets a big promotion. That's our New Orleans Saints lead story of the day today with Ross Jackson of Locked on Saints. On Tuesday, it was announced by NFL Network's Ian Rappaport that Terry Fontenot, former pro scout for the New Orleans Saints, has received a bit of an elevation being moved up to vice president slash assistant general manager of pro scouting. So his assistant general manager and vice president tags elevate him to join Jeff Ireland, who is the vice president and assistant general manager of college scouting. So this essentially allows both of them to move into assistant general management roles while also continuing their focus on pro scouting for Fontenot and college scouting for Jeff Ireland. Both of these guys have done fantastic work over the time that they've been with New Orleans, Jeff Ireland coming over to New Orleans from the Miami Dolphins in 2015, helping the team put together some of the best draft classes in its franchise history. And Terry Fontenot having much the same effect in his 16 years with the Saints here recently in terms of what he's been able to do with helping the Saints in their free agent acquisitions. His new responsibilities, as well as some of his old responsibilities, include scouting opponents ahead of time. So essentially doing some advanced scouting on upcoming opponents that the Saints will be playing monitoring the waiver wire, which we saw the Saints take advantage of last season, where they were able to bring in Janoris Jenkins, cornerback from the New York Giants late in the season. He's now their starting cornerback opposite Marshawn Lattimore, recommending player acquisitions, which we'll talk about in just a moment, and evaluating pro players, including those that already play for the Saints. So not only would he have been a part of Larry Warford's signing, he may have been a part of Larry Warford's being released after three straight Pro Bowl seasons where there was a noticeable drop-off within the team. So let's take a look at some of the recent free agents that Terry Fontenot has been a part of so that we sort of understand why it is that he clearly deserves this position and potential pay bump for himself as well. Uh, We talked about Janoris Jenkins already, who was added late last season, but you go back just a few years ago. Demario Davis is a part of Terry Fontenot's resume, and I imagine a very large part of his resume. Uh, He led the charge on bringing in Demario Davis and getting Demario Davis signed to the New Orleans Saints. And Davis has turned into, outside of Drew Brees, probably the best free agency signing that the Saints have had in their at least recent history, certainly during the Sean Payton era and maybe beyond that as well. You look at the addition last year of Jared Cook as well, somebody that helped to ignite the Saints defense down the stretch, had a huge second half of the season, even though he dealt with some injuries throughout He was solid and a top five tight end once you look at the last 10 games of last season in 2019. And just this offseason alone, Terry Fontenot, a part of bringing in Emmanuel Sanders, the wide receiver to savior that all Saints fans have been waiting for to line up opposite Michael Thomas for a few years now. 
You got Jameis Winston, who he not only brought in as a backup quarterback or was a part of bringing in as a backup quarterback, also ended up bringing him in on a $1.1 million deal, which you have to give him some credit for as well. And that, of course, also comes down to Kai Hartley and Mickey Loomis. But that might explain a little bit of why he's getting that assistant general manager tag, because he was instrumental in creating such opportunities for deals like that. And then, of course, bringing Malcolm Jenkins back to New Orleans on his deal as well here ahead of the 2020 season. He was also a part of the James Hurst signing, the Ty Montgomery signing, the recent Nigel Radham signing. There's no, there's really no question at all that Terry Fontenot has done a very, very good job in the pro scouting department. And now the Saints have two assistant general managers, which I think some have looked at and kind of raised question marks about. But honestly, it makes sense. You look at Jeff Ireland, who has a general management background. He has been a general manager, although it was unsuccessful before with the Miami Dolphins. But should either one of these guys get an opportunity to get hired away as a general manager at some point, you now have two options that can end up stepping into the other's responsibilities and doing and holding a position that you see most commonly around the NFL, which would be a director or an assistant general manager of player personnel, which helps with both college scouting as well as pro scouting, and then just having directors of pro scouting and director of college scouting. So there's a couple of different options here for the Saints, should one of these guys be a part of the next hiring cycle at the general management position, which sort of helps to maintain a successful front office for the Saints, while also allotting both of these guys, Terry Fontenot and Jeff Ireland, some great success and allotting them some great opportunity here in New Orleans and potentially beyond. So great for Terry Fontenot. Glad to see it. Of course, once again, he's a Lake Charles native. So you love seeing him climb the ranks for his hometown team. That's pretty uh, just fantastic to see. And obviously, he's done a very good job and deserves it. And looking forward to seeing what he's able to do in the pro scouting department with a display of trust in the organization and maybe a little bit more decision making power in his new position. All right, so now that we've talked about the guy that is responsible for bringing in a lot of these vets and adding to this roster, helping to build this roster over the last few years, let's take a look at the roster itself and see what we think about narrowing down from 80 to 53 without seeing anybody on the field just yet. Very preliminary, but not too early. I think that it's a fun exercise to take at this time so that we have a clearer understanding of what we're looking at before some of these players actually get the opportunity to hit the field in the next coming weeks. We'll start off with offense next, then we'll jump to defense and special teams to wrap up the show. Got that coming up for you next here on Locked on Saints, your team every day. All right, Houdet Nation, we're going to jump into our 53-man roster projection, starting off with the offense here in our second segment. If this is your first time catching the show, please take a moment to subscribe. Thank you very much for coming through and making me a part of your day today. We want you to make sure that you stay up to date with everything going on here with the New Orleans Saints here at Locked On Saints every single Monday through Friday. So let's dive in here. Uh, quarterbacks is where we're going to get started. What we'll do is we'll go position by position. I'll tell you the guys that I have on the roster for right now and then sort of give you a little bit of an evaluation after each group. So let's start off with the quarterbacks. Got three quarterbacks on the roster. Uh-oh. Uh, we've got Drew Brees to get started, Jameis Winston, and then Taysom Hill. No, I do not have Tommy Stevens on the roster. Yes, I know that the Saints traded back into the 2020 draft to select him, but all they gave up was a six-round pick from next year, of which they're going to get another because of the loss and departure of A.J. Klein. They should be getting a six-round compensatory draft pick back for him. So for me, the price that they paid isn't isn't enough for me to feel like they're married to getting the guy. I, I do feel like it was just an expensive, petty move for Sean Payton against Joe Brady. And uh, I just, it's hard for me to see them carving out a role for Tommy Stevens in particular, who 
Look, I've talked to Chrissy Freud, uh, who's over at PFN, who worked closely with Tommy Stevens or worked closely about Tommy Stevens, knows very well uh, what Tommy Stevens do- has done and mentioned him as being somebody that feels like a more complete quarterback than Taysom Hill is. So maybe that is uh, enough to convince the Saints to keep him around. But I think that they'll do so in a protected practice squad spot if they can get him to the practice squad and if the Carolina Panthers don't jump all over taking him off the waiver wire. But hard for me, of course, to see Tommy Stevens finding a roster spot over anybody else on this group. There's one exception that we'll talk about actually very, very soon. But I want to finish talking about the quarterbacks real quick. Drew Brees, clearly your starter. For me, I've got Jameis Winston as the number two as the backup guy. If Drew Brees gets hurt, Jameis Winston comes in. It may be Taysom Hill early on in the season. But I think as the games wear on throughout the season and as the games become more important as it gets later in the season, Jameis Winston becomes the more viable backup for uh, Drew Brees because he's more of the pocket passer. The Saints don't have to change their offense, so on and so forth. Ideally, no one sees Jameis Winston under center for New Orleans, but New Orleans in practice. And then you have Taysom Hill, who's your offensive weapon. He's your tight end. He's your fullback. He's your quarterback. He can do uh, a bunch of different things, of course. So obviously, uh, Taysom Hill is on this roster. Uh, Jumping over to running back, which is going to actually give us a little bit of insight on what is possible for Tommy Stevens in terms of a roster spot. I've got them keeping four running backs, which includes a fullback, Alvin Kamara, Latavius Murray, Ty Montgomery. I'm doing it, y'all. I'm committing. I'm putting Ty Montgomery on my 53-man roster before I've seen him hit the field. I know that he has an uphill battle, but I just uh, his versatility. You look at what Devin Jackson posted on uh, Twitter the other day in terms of his thread, all the different ways that the Saints can use a guy like Ty Montgomery. I'm so excited about him. I have to go ahead and follow the hype for a second and put him up on this 53-man roster. And then for the fullback, we've got Michael Burton. Ricky Ortiz, of course, was cut loose during the cut down to 80. Michael Burton is somebody that the Saints liked and that they had with them at the beginning of last season in the preseason and then ended up bringing him back here. You've heard him here on the show. We love Michael Burton, so I'm rooting for him. Michael Burton not making the roster could be an identifier of a place where Tommy Stevens could potentially have a roster spot. I will say that. When you have two quarterbacks that can play fullback (laughs) in Taysom Hill and Tommy Stevens, If they decide to go that route, Michael Burton's role as a fullback could be one of the roles to uh, sort of be cut in place of carrying a fourth quarterback. So I I will mention that that is one place where it could happen. Another place where it could happen is if the Saints keep five wide receivers. But in this case, I have them carrying six. As we've talked about before, when the Saints have a return specialist that's a wide receiver, they tend to carry six wide receivers on their roster. So here's the six that I have. Michael Thomas, Emmanuel Sanders, Traquan Smith, Deontay Harris. Those four should be of no surprise at all. Behind them, I'll go with Lil' Jordan Humphrey. Now, this is what I think the Saints might be looking at at this time. This isn't necessarily what I might want them to do, but Lil' Jordan Humphrey, he was with the team last year. He plays that big blocker, split-end role that the Saints really like. This could end up being a Jawan Johnson, for instance. This could have been Maurice Harris, for instance. But in terms of that role that the Saints like, Lil' Jordan Humphrey is the only one left on the roster that has experience with the team. So I've got him making the roster. And as much as it would have given me joy to throw all of you for a loop and put Austin Carr on this roster, I will not do it to you. I have respect for you. I love you. I will not do that to you. I will not hurt you. So I'm going to go with Emmanuel Butler. Emmanuel Butler is, uh, look, he was super exciting during training camp last year, wasn't able to maintain it, had the injury. Um, and, and on top of having the injury, didn't impress the Saints in multiple places. Yes, he was able to go out there when Michael Thomas wasn't in camp and play that Z, I'm sorry, that X role and, you know, make those big catches, those highlight catches and everything during camp. 
but he didn't impress the, the I almost said impress the judges, impress, which I guess is, I guess is kind of right, but impress the coaching staff more appropriately uh, in special teams and as a blocker. So those are things that you look for him to improve upon here in training camp. Again, he has a rapport with the Saints already, but I'll put him on this roster, but y'all know I'm also looking at Marquez Calloway here as somebody to keep an eye out on the undrafted free agent out of Tennessee. All right, let's jump to tight ends. No surprise, not really a lot of discussion needed here. Jerry Cook, Josh Hill, Adam Trotman. Wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. Pretty simple. I think Adam Trotman's role will grow over the season. Jerry Cook, Josh Hill, absolute shoe-ins. And now we'll wrap up the offensive side of the ball with the offensive line. So I have them keeping nine here, but there's an asterisk for that. So we'll start off with the starters. Left tackle, Teron Armstead. Left guard, Andres Pete. Center, Cesar Ruiz. I'm still riding with it. Uh, right guard, Eric McCoy, and then right tackle, Ryan Ramchick, of course. And then for depth, Calvin Throckmorton, Will Clapp, Nick Easton, and Ethan Greenwich. Now, the asterisk that I mentioned before is because I also have them carrying a 10th, but he won't count against the roster immediately, and that's James Hurst. James Hurst being the most pure left tackle replacement that the Saints have behind maybe Ethan Greenwich, who has no NFL experience. Ethan Greenwich has no NFL experience. He stayed on the roster all season, but he was never active. He didn't get out on the field. So that's worth mentioning. I'm not saying that you have to discount him because of that, but that's certainly there. There's a division between Ethan Greenwich and James Hurst. So I also have the team carrying James Hurst, but he won't count against the 53-man roster until the fifth game of the season because he's suspended for the first four. So that would mean that when he comes back from his suspension, much like we saw with David Onyemata last year, somebody from the offensive line would probably get cut or moved or, or sent over to the practice squad, things like that, or cut and then added to the practice squad. So that's sort of what I'm looking at right now. I may have them keeping one more offensive lineman than necessary at nine. They may only need to keep eight, but that's what I'm going to start off with for right now. So it gives us 25 players on the offense. We've got 25 players on the defense coming up as well as three special teamers. We'll talk about them in just a moment here on Locked on Saints, your team every day. All right, family, wrapping up today's episode and wrapping up our 53-man roster projection, our very early 53-man roster projection. Yes, the team just cut down to 80, but you know we're excited, so we're going to go ahead and cut 27 players off so that we can have a conversation here on today's show. But I do think that this is fun uh, to be able to go through early, and then we'll revisit later, of course, before the actual cut down to 53. So let's take a look at the defensive side. So we had 25 players on offense. I tried to do this evenly. We had 25 players on offense. Let's talk about 25 players on defense and then three on special teams wrap up the show today. So we'll start with the defensive line. I've got them keeping nine along the defensive line, which is not which is not out of the ordinary at all. Uh, so pretty standard in terms of your your starting, I'll say starting five even because the Malcolm Brown, Sheldon Rankins conversation is is one to be had. But Cam Jordan, David Onyemata, Sheldon Rankins, Malcolm Brown, right? Those three guys that rotate on the interior. And then Marcus Davenport, of course, the bookend for Cam Jordan, who had an outstanding 2019 before his injury. You get a little concerned about, you know, a foot injury on a tall, big guy, but still looking for him to have a great 2020, fingers crossed. And then you've got for depth, Margus Hunt, Carl Granderson, Trey Hendrickson, Shy Tuttle. So I think this is an outstanding defensive line. This is very close to what they had last year. The only difference is that instead of uh, Mario Edwards Jr., I swapped him for Margus Hunt. I just think that he's another veteran guy, a little bit more effective in the run game, a little bit more effective in special teams. Uh, I think that he's somebody that is a little bit more equipped than Mario Edwards Jr. at this point in his career to play inside and out. Uh, Mario Edwards Jr., I think you saw play a lot more outside than inside. 
I think the Saints really want more depth along the inside and in the interior because that Sheldon Rankins injury last year caused them a lot of trouble. So you'll notice that Mario Edwards Jr.'s uh, name is missing from here. You'll also notice that Malcolm Roach, the undrafted free agent who y'all know, I absolutely am uh, very confident in. He is not on this list either, but he's somebody that I think is a great practice squad fit and could find himself elevated into the active roster really at any point throughout the season. I think he's great. And I think that he is a little bit more of that Mario Edwards Jr. role that could play inside and out, but just probably will need a little bit more time without rookie minis, without OTAs, things like that. Uh, you know, I did have Calvin Throckmorton, the undrafted free agent uh, from Oregon, making the offensive line list. So, you know, you could take it or leave it in terms of how I feel about these undrafted free agents, but just with the position and with the reputation of each of these players, both be both being very smart, they both have the opportunity to either get started immediately on this active roster or at least find their way to the active roster in 2020. I don't have much doubt uh, in that. So that's sort of what I'm looking at for the defensive line for now. Once we get to see them out on the field, learn a little bit more about them, that may shift and change. But, you know, Saints relying on familiarity, relying on veteran ability makes a lot of sense here. Uh, let's jump to the linebackers, which gets a little bit of a shakeup with the addition of Nigel Bradham honestly. So let's. I'm looking at this as if Kiko Alonso, who right now is on the physically unable to perform list, I'm looking at this as if he will be ready for the 2020 season. We could talk a little bit about what it might mean if he's not ready. So uh, Demario Davis, Alex Anzalone, Kiko Alonso, probably your starters if Kiko's ready to go at the top of the season. And for that matter, if Alex Anzalone is ready to go at the top of the season, you know, if there's no injuries during camp or anything like that. And then the depth, Nigel Bradham, easily. I, he's, he's making the roster for me every time. Uh, Zach Bond, who the Saints drafted the third round, traded up to grab him. And then I'll have Caden Ellis cap it off. So you'll notice that the biggest sort of uh, omission here or removal rather from last year's roster is Craig Robertson. I'm taking Craig Robertson off of the roster because you've got a guy like Nigel Bradham who's more effective and more useful defensively than Craig Robertson is. And Craig Robertson, who's a little bit more of a special teamer at this point in his career, could potentially be eclipsed by a guy like Caden Ellis, who's young, who's athletic, and who can also play on special teams as well. So effectively, the combination of Nigel Bradham and Caden Ellis could push Craig Robertson out. Now, if Kiko Alonso isn't ready to begin the season and the Saints need to fill that, you know, fill that other linebacker role, Craig Robertson is a is certainly an option for that. Not as a starter. I think you would plug Nigel Bradham in in that case, but Craig Robertson for depth or you risk it for the biscuit, sort of like what you could do with Malcolm Roach. And then you have Joe Bocci in there instead. Undrafted free agent, missed out on a lot of camp because there was no camp, did get to do a lot of team meetings, might impress during the time that they finally do get on, on the field and camp becomes camp. We'll see what happens there. But I, I think nonetheless, Joe Bocci, much like Malcolm Roach, is a shoe in for the practice squad and is a good future guy, but not somebody that I would see eclipsing and getting onto the roster immediately unless... There's potentially an injury to Kiko Alonso again, or Kiko Alonso simply not ready from his from his injury from the playoffs. A couple of different ways that Joe Bocci can end up on this roster, much like the couple of different ways that Malcolm Roach could end up on the roster as well. But I could see them leaning a little bit more again in this position to veteran and to familiarity, in which case Craig Robertson would be probably on this roster. Kiko Alonso is not. All right, let's jump to the secondary. I've got them keeping 10 players on the secondary. I've uh, got Marshawn Lattimore, Janoris Jenkins, C.J. Gardner-Johnson. Those are your starters at corner. C.J. Gardner-Johnson, I know, is a safety. He's designated as a safety, but I have him starting in the slot, which we heard from Aaron Glenn and Dennis Allen that we will see him in the slot a lot is really the way that they phrase it. Didn't say that he'll start there, but that we'll see it. So those are your three starting corners, essentially. Marshawn Lattimore, Janoris Jenkins, C.J. Gardner-Johnson. Starters at the corner spots. Let me say it that way. 
Then you've got for depth, PJ Williams, who gives you depth inside, gives you depth outside that you don't really want to rely on. And it now also gives you depth at safety. So there's that. Uh, you have Justin Hardy, who's your special teams ace, as well as somebody that can play uh, on the outside as well. You've got uh, Keith Washington, who I think is the player that can surprise people in camp and become the boundary corner depth that people are more comfortable with than they realize. I, I really do believe in Keith Washington as a potential guy that ends up on this roster as somebody to be that outside corner depth that so many people are looking for on the boundary. I think he can be that guy and he can also be a special teamer for you as well and push a guy like Johnson Batamosi, who was signed halfway through last season to help on special teams. He can be that guy as well. He has some special teams ability from West Virginia. Fantastic speed. Great blazing speed. So I, I really like Keith Washington. Great build as well. Good frame. So I'm excited to see him. And then at the safeties, uh, Marcus Williams uh, and Malcolm Jenkins as your starters. JT Gray as your other special teams ace. And then I'm going to keep Saquon Hampton over DJ Swearinger. I just think Saquon Hampton's special teams ability at that fourth safety spot is more valuable than DJ Swearinger's. Uh, DJ Swearinger getting cut from teams in the past because, or getting in, in, in spouts with the team in the past because of the fact that he didn't want to play special teams. Uh, I don't think that that's a, a problem necessarily anymore in his career, but Saquon Hampton just loves to play special teams. Told you know, Darren, well, I guess it was Mike Westoff at the time that he would be honored to play special teams for the Saints and he earned himself a draft pick <laughs> that way. So I'm all about Saquon Hampton there. So that gives you your 25 over on defense on special teams. Nothing fancy here. Thomas Morstead, Will Lutz, Zach Wood. Um, Thomas Morstead hasn't. This is something I learned yesterday while Deuce and I were on Hudak Confessional. We were talking and I, I looked up when the last time Thomas Morstead had a punt blocked was 2011. That was the last time. It was December. I'm sorry. It was October 30th. 2011, week eight against the St. Louis Rams that he had his, that was the last time that a punt was blocked. And that was the first time that a punt was blocked. And therefore the only time <laughs> that he's had a punt blocked so far in the NFL. So that's pretty dope. And then one other thing that I'll add about the Saints defense, since we just talked about it, this defense is built to create turnovers. Malcolm Jenkins, fantastic communicator. Janora Jenkins, a playmaker. He'll make plays on the ball. Marcus Williams, a ball hawk. He's led the team in interceptions for the most part over his, uh, since he was drafted in 2017. Marshawn Lattimore, if Marcus Williams isn't leading, Marshawn Lattimore is. So you have a team that is built for playmaking and, uh, and turnover. CJ Gardner-Johnson as well as a playmaker and was a playmaker all through college. So I can't remember if this is a stat that I've shared here on the show before, but if nothing else, it's a good one to repeat. This team that now is, is built going into 2020 to create more turnovers has already led the NFL since 2017 in turnover differential at a plus 26. So they're well ahead of most of the league already with creating turnovers and not giving the ball up. You can expect that the offense will continue to not give the ball up. Drew Brees, that's not something that he does. So you continue to see that. And then now you have a defense that's built a little bit more with more capability to take the ball away. And that's going to be huge for the Saints in 2020 if they can realize that potential that you see on paper when they get on the field, that's going to give them, well, I'll just be honest, that's championship level play. And if you get championship level play from a championship level team and a championship level roster, then ideally, fingers crossed, you're ending up with a championship level season as well to wrap it all up. So, you know, look, we're projecting a lot moving forward here, but this is what I'm looking at so far at the 53. Once we actually get to see some of these other players, some of the name players that we didn't name in today's episode, some of the undrafted free agents that we mentioned but didn't make the roster, once we get to see some of them actually on the field, we'll get a little bit more of a grasp and we'll continue to update this. This is my favorite time. I, I love this time. This is one of my favorite times. I love the draft, I love the season, but this particular moment where we start to get a look at what this roster can look like going into the season. 
I love it. So had a good time looking at all of that on today's episode. Make sure you come back throughout the week tomorrow. Just news, notes, keeping you up to date with everything going on with your New Orleans Saints. And then Friday, of course, we've got Facebook Friday. If you want to join and be a part of that, facebook.com slash group slash Locked on Saints. You can ask your questions, get them answered here on the show. All right, y'all, that's going to do it. Thank you very much, as always, for coming through. Once again, I'm Ross Jackson. You can find me on Twitter at Ross Jackson, N-O-L-A. Hit me up. Let me know how the family's doing. Let me know how you're living. Let me know how you're mom and them. Tell your friends, family, and fellow Saints fans about the show. And if you haven't already, please take a moment to subscribe. Drop that five-star rating and review. I thank you so much for all your support and for helping me grow this family. This has been Locked on Saints and Trust Suit That Nation. I'll holla at you.